You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. Everlasting joy is what I was hoping to title this message as I think about joy. I went through, here's my sermon process. I was, uh, I've been doing different work on that in our sermon club, and we have different pieces of the puzzle. And I was like, well, what have we talked about in the past about joy? And so I went back and I listened to like any sermon that I could find in the last four years of joy. And I found an awesome one that I totally forgot about. In 2014, I preached on joy. It must have been really impactful because I didn't even remember what I said. And I was like watching that. I was like, man, he, he was talking fast. He was nervous in 2014. That guy, he was, but it was pretty good stuff. It was pretty, I was like, wow, that was actually pretty good. I wish I would have remembered that. I should have practiced that. Um, so joy, joyful, rejoice. Got my shirt from C, my CR peeps right here. Uh, that word in the Bible is there 300 times. Over 300 times you'll find the word joy, rejoice, or joyful. You know how many times you find the word happy or happiness? 30 times. And I was looking back and I was thinking, do I think about joy and being joyful 10 times more than I think about being happy? And that was a big, fat no. And so there's a difference between joy and happiness, you know, I think about this in life, and we used to uh, talk about this in the, my insurance career, of different types of people. And unfortunately, I used to label people, um, probably still do, but uh, in a nice way. And I looked at some different folks. I was like, are they a lifter? When I was interviewing folks, I was like, is this person a lifter or are they a leaner? You guys know what lifters and leaners are? So when you're around somebody and they're talking to you and you you walk away and you're like, whew, like... Got a little little giddy up in my step. I'm pretty darn like what happened? That that that's that was like whoo! I want to be around that person again. Lifters, and they have some characteristics about them. And then leaners, where you're just you're 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 done talking with somebody, and you're just like, uh, like did they just put a vacuum to my head and just suck out every ounce of joy that I could possibly have, and just like. Like, am I a garbage can with a hairy lid? And leaners in life. And I'm not saying that I don't have times where I'm a leaner. But the majority of time in my walk, what what do you and I hope Christians would look like? What do you and I hope that our children, that our friends, that our parents... That this, that the world, what do you hope it would look like? COVID. Probably going to kill us all. Yeah, yeah. Remember that uh, there used to be a, a gal named Debbie Downer on Saturday Night Live when I used to watch that sinful show? They'd be like, I just want a trip to Disneyland. Probably got cancer. Like, just sucking the life out of you, right? And so as Christians, I would hope that we would be people, that, that somebody's around you, they're like, wow, like, I don't understand how that person has hope in their life. They're going through some pretty tough times, but man, they seem like they're going to take a swing. And how do you have peace in your life at this time when these things have happened to you? I don't understand that. Talk to me. Tell me the reason why you would have peace now. Oh, well, I'm, I'm glad you asked. Right? Man, he seems like, you just seem like even, you just kind of keep going. 
couple of things when I was in my flow state. I call it my flow state of sermon prepping. It was uh, either Monday after our, our staff meeting or a Tuesday morning. I was sermon prepping, and I'm in my office, and I'm listening to different worship music, and I've got like five different, ten, ten different things open on my on my windows on my computer, and I'm looking this, and I'm Googling this, and i am got my Bible out, and I'm reading this, and I'm going back, and I'm just... And then I just like stop, and I'm in my flow state, and I go over to the whiteboard, and I write stuff down. And there's a couple things I wrote down. I'm sure I stole them. I just don't know where I stole them from. Joy is a point of view, not the absence of sadness. Joy is a point of view, not the absence of sadness. Joy is a focus before it's a feeling. Joy is a focus before it's a feeling. I know I didn't. I know those aren't mine because those are way too, too cool. So how can I have everlasting joy? Where does this thing start? Where does joy start in my life? You know, Paul, in his uh, letter in Philippians, uh, just to give you a background here, Philippians is in the Newer Testament, and it was written by Paul to a group of Christ followers in Philippi. And so what I'm about to read to you is in the fourth chapter. It's his closing thoughts. And when you think about Paul, they, the scholars would say that he wrote this while he was in Rome in prison, and he was in prison and in chains, and somebody's scribing it or whatever the case is, and they do horrible things to you there. Like you might be a place where they go to the bathroom on, Horrible things in there, and he's talking about this. This is what he says. And it's interesting that he says this, and he says it twice, not as a suggestion, but as a command, it feels like to me. Philippians 4, 4, 7 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. In case you didn't hear me, I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness Be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This verse has just been all over us, right? This verse has been all over the things we're doing from last week to when we were talking about it uh, prior to election time and all of those things. This this verse has been all over us. But and it's interesting how there's so many layers to the text. Like I just blew right past it to what I needed at the time, which was not to have anxiety. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. What about my circumstances? How can I have joy in my circumstances? Well, here's the good news. Joy is not circumstantial. (laughs) Because then you've turned it into a feeling. I don't feel joyful because of my circumstances. This is a quote from uh, an article I was given a long time ago by a friend of mine. I was given this. uh, I found it in my email after he and I talked this week. And... um, I didn't read it. It just got buried in an email, and I was asking him about joy. And so this is a quote from a guy named Jim Wilson, local guy here. Uh, He says, the normal Christian life is a life of joy. The reason that we lose joy is that we think circumstantially. If you were in these circumstances, you would lose your joy. I'm not saying that there aren't uh, that there aren't pleasant circumstances and unpleasant circumstances, but when people think 
that circumstances or environment are reasons for joy, they are not right. People will say, if I were in Sun Valley skiing, I would be happy. Or if I were married, I'd be happy. Or if I were divorced, I would be happy. When they talk like this, they are saying that their happiness is dependent upon circumstances. Good circumstances, happiness. Bad circumstances, unhappiness. People who are happy because of their environment and think that is joy of the Lord are mistaken. Are we preaching? Your happiness is not your joy meter. Happiness is a feeling that can be bought sometimes. We're going to buy some happiness for Christmas. (laughs) Woo! Best toy ever. You guys want to hear a funny story real quick? Side note. I don't know if I, I don't think I told you guys this last week. So I was in charge of buying my nephew a present. And we did our present exchange over Thanksgiving because they live a long ways away. And he's five. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to give him something. I'm going to give him something cool. I'm going to step up. I have never, ever spent $65 on a gift for any of my nephews or nieces. Sorry, guys, if you're watching this. So I broke down. And I spent $65 and got him these really cool, like, area cowboy boots like his dad's. And I thought, he is going to love this. He wants to be just like his dad. So we're going through the gifts. He's five, mind you. We're going through the gifts, and it's his turn to get his gift. He's so excited. His Uncle Josh is him a gift. And he gets it, and he opens it up, and just immediately puts his head on the floor and starts crying. <laughs> like, not one toy, not nothing. I could have spent $4, four more dollars on a truck, and he would have thought it was the best thing ever. But he got boots. No joy. No happiness. Of course, I did get a picture of him uh, this last week with him in his boots and his dad out there loving his boots. Now, I knew he would love him, but it was just like, no joy, no happiness. Thanks, Uncle Josh, the joy stealer. So uh, in the text, when we think about joy and what does that look like in my, my situations and circumstances, Matthew 5.10, this is bonus, not in the notes or on the slide. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for the, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you falsely and say all kinds of evil things against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad. Yeah, when people are talking bad about you, woo! Rejoice. And be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Like you got to figure out how to find joy when it's a, it's, a, it's a difficult circumstance. What does this joy look like? Part of like losing your joy and, and not having your joy, I, I found this when I was thinking about uh, this. This is the psalm. It's a long one, so bear with me. We'll go through it together. But this is what uh, the psalm that David wrote after um, Nathan confronted him about Bathsheba and Uriah. And I want you to think about joy, and I want you to think about David and what he's thinking about this, because he just committed some pretty awesome sins, right? He was lustful, he committed adultery, and by proxy, he committed murder. And this is a man after God's own heart, right? So let's take a quick look at what David was feeling. Let's get into, get into the mind of David after, he does, after those things happen. He says, have mercy on me. 
Oh God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. I blew it, Lord. I blew it. Wash away all my inequity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Now, why couldn't David hear joy and gladness? What had happened? What what happens when you're not feeling joyful, when you're missing out on joy? What is going on in your life? He was just confronted of his sin from a prophet. And then here he is begging, asking God for joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my inequities. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast uh, spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me to the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Man, it's, it's, like, it's like when you have sin, which wasn't confessed until Nathan, right, comes talk to him. You have this sin, this unconfessed sin in your life. It's certainly hard to be joyful. You become a pretty heavy leaner when you're walking around with bags of rocks and your life is a struggle and everything is hopeless and all those things and you're just... (sighs) Then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. You know what turning back means? So for repent, to return to the right path, right? Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God. You who are God, my Savior, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. O my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praises. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. So my premise here is I I think if you're missing out, if you don't feel like you have joy in your life and you're seeking this, like the joy of the Lord, you know, where it's it's more than just a feeling, right? this This is a way of life as Christians. When you think about wanting to be around, what do you hope your kids are? Do you hope your kids are joyful? You want them to be joyful or happy? I pick joyful. Because in my experience, happiness is fleeting. Happiness is chasing this next thing and chasing this next thing. Joy of the Lord can be everlasting. So when you are feeling less joyful and you are trending towards a leaner and hanging on to people in life, 
you might be blocked by some things. You have to take inventory. You have to take inventory and to be quick to try and deal with those things. If you let things linger on, that's the joy stealer. You steal your own joy. You don't have to carry around your junk all the time. You have a God who came down onto this earth and died on the cross, shed his blood for you and for me and for all, for all of us in here. So we don't have to live that way. We don't have to choose to live that way. But I just don't feel joyful. I don't know why I don't feel joyful. My mind when it's going to the wrong spots in life, I just don't feel joyful. I'm, I'm, right? Man, I just don't have enough. If I just had this other stuff, if I could just figure out a way to, to just do more and have more and be more, how could I do that? Greed doesn't lead to joy. If I just had their stuff, though, let me go back to that. I thought I was getting rid of that. That's a pretty nice sweater you got there, Dennis. How many of those you got? Oh, it's not a sweater. All right. That's pretty nice. Man, okay. Boy, you have a lovely wife. She's an awesome business owner. Huh? Okay. Well, I'm just this awesome pastor. Our church is so amazing. Uh, thank you guys so much for making me just, just go, can't get my head through the door. Let me just tell you, uh, there's this comedian that uh, talks about the, the wisdom teeth. I don't know if you know him, but he's not a very clean comedian. But he talks about, you know, I had my wisdom tooth impacted, uh, but then you start telling your story because your story is better than his story because you have this big pride. Boy. I just don't feel joy. People cutting me off. People messing with me. Man, you should come, come, come to the Lord. No thanks. Your sinners are going to hell. I'm angry too, because I should go there. No. This not the Bible doesn't talk to us about being angry. I don't have joy because I'm angry. Mm. Sorry. We murdered. Remember us talking about murder? That it isn't even just the physical act. There's all kinds of things that we murder. We murder people in our minds. Yeah. It's hard to, hard to have joy when you're a consistent murderer, isn't it? just don't have joy when I'm always looking over my shoulder, wondering if anybody saw what I was doing in the night, chasing after me, stealing time. Stealing somebody's talent. Always running and running and running and running. I just... I don't want to talk about that one. I am the captain violator of that one right now. I can't even believe we're going to have a series on that. All right. I'll get it. Ah, you know what? Her back here. Because I'm not Sabbathing. I'm not ceasing. I'm not a good sheetrocker either. 
No Sabbath. Man, I got to tell you guys, you ladies who went to the Coffee Connection yesterday, I watched the message that uh, was shared there yesterday. That was awesome. That was really, really good. If you missed that, you should go online and find it. But I just sat there, and I wasn't awesome because of the person who was preaching it, but she is pretty awesome. Uh, but I just sat there in awe of it, to be frank with you. Like, I w- it wouldn't matter who it was. Those, those words on the heart and the passion that came out through it, I was pretty taken back. But I don't have joy because I got to get something else done, and it's the next job, it's the next work, it's the next thing. Well, I'll Sabbath later. No, you won't. You are not going to have joy with unconfessed sin in your life. And that weight gets heavier and heavier and heavier the longer we hang on to it. Be quick, quick to confess and move on with your spouse, with your kids. Joy is not a feeling. It's a focus. You want to head down the joy path, start working fast to clean up the stuff that you got going on. And guess when you'll be done cleaning it up? Never. I am going to keep on sinning, right? But I want to sin less. I want to be have short accounts. I want to be quick to make amends. Anybody carrying something? You've just been carrying it for like 30 years. You're still mad from that person did that thing to you. That they just got, I'm sure they're really affected by it. It's hard to have joy, everlasting joy. So the premise here is, is you know, you want to have joy in your life? Confess your sin quickly. David begs for God to restore joy and gladness to him. Comes on the heels of confession. Now we'll jump into James here real quick. James says, consider it pure joy, not just any kind of joy. Consider it pure. Consider it like the best kind of joy you can have. My brothers and sisters. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, anybody facing any trials? Like we're all like, how can I have joy? I have trials. Yeah, you're supposed to consider that the best kind of joy. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Do you want wishy-washy Christians? You want wishy-washy kids, wishy-washy parents? Or do you want parents that, are, that, are, that have per- perseverance in their faith? You've seen your parents go through ups and downs. You've seen your kids go through ups and downs. But you persevere. Let perseverance finish its work in you so you may be mature, complete, not lacking in anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives it generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Guess when you can have some more joy? When you have God's wisdom. And part of his wisdom is understanding uh, how to receive joy. And part of having joy is not having a bunch of unconfessed sin. So as we enter into this time of uh, communion, I want you to just, just do your own personal inventory. Maybe you already did, and if you did, praise God and teach others. But we come to the table today 
When we come to, to the table uh, of, of communion, and we're supposed to come to it in a worthy manner. If you have unconfessed sin, you have unconfessed things with, with other folks, you shouldn't take communion today. We have an open table. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, and you've claimed him as your Lord and Savior, we invite you to take communion with us. But we do so in a worthy manner. I want you to take, take inventory. Let's do a little inventory time here. Uh, Lord, Father, God, as we enter into your presence, as we open up our, our communion, as we come to you this time where we're remembering what you would have. Jesus, what was your joy? What is your everlasting joy to us? Father God, show me where I'm at odds. Show me where I'm at, I'm at odds with your creation, with your prized possession of people. Let us be a church that, that chases a, a clean and pure heart. And I know that, that I'll never really have the clean and pure heart, but I know that you're, you're, you're a good cleaner. You, 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 want me to, you want me to be able to come to you, and, and you, you do polish me up, Lord. You hold me and care for me when I am a leaner on you, and I can lean on you all day long. We lean on you, Father God, and you are so, so good. You are so, so faithful. You provided a way and a path for us to not just carry around guilt and shame and, and all these things. You provided that way through your Son, Jesus Christ. Let us come to you. Free us. You've set us free. We don't have to walk around with guilt and shame. We can take it to you right away. And we can experience everlasting joy as long as we continue to return to you. And Lord, returning to you looks like repenting repenting from the, the things that, that we know aren't of you and turning towards the things that are of you. And so I just ask, Lord, that you would, uh, you would start with, with all of us here, that we would choose to return to you in a mighty, mighty way. And we would choose to be uh, lifters of others. And as you open times for us to lean on each other, Lord, that we are people that are, that are pulling each other up, not dragging each other down. So we thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you uh, for what you did on the cross for us and ask that you would just uh, continue to let us meet together and do it again and again and again and again and lift each other up, draw each other uh, closer to, to draw us closer to each other and draw us closer to you in a mighty powerful way. We praise you. We praise you for your son. So the night he was betrayed, he, he took this, uh, this bread and when he had given thanks, he broke and said, this is my body. You know, all that stuff you're going to do, Josh, all the things that, that you've done in the past, all the things you're going to do in the future. I'm going to help you realize that more and more. I want you to realize who I am, but I died for you. This is, this is for you. This is for all of the yous in this room. Let's remember him.
In the same way, uh, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this. Do this whenever you drink of it. Why does he want us to do this often? Whenever you drink it, do it and, and remember me. For, for when you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death. Well, let's proclaim him with a clean heart. Let's get those things right so we do proclaim you. Lord, again, I thank you for time. I ask that the, your words that came out, your beautiful text that came out today would, would help us to understand joy. It would help us to understand uh, our purpose here. That we are a freed people. We have to choose and accept freedom. Freedom to walk with you well. Freedom to walk with each other well. And we are free to have everlasting joy. We are free to have everlasting joy. We just have to choose it. Help us to choose it often, Lord. We praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by visiting liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.